Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Tuesday. Hey, Claude, how you Hello, Jacqueline. I miss you very much. I'm Aww. doing good. Thank you so much for asking. I'm feeling, you know, yesterday I really felt like I re-listened to the podcast because I wanted Ben to hear our Bobby Flay saga because I thought it was hysterical. And Ben was watching Bobby Flay with me. And I really had like nothing to give on the podcast yesterday. Like I told you, I went on a bender on the weekend and I felt like I just gave nothing to yesterday's episode emotionally and physically. And this morning I woke up with, you know, a purpose. You know, it's so important to wake up with a purpose. And my purpose today was to give it all that I've got to this particular episode. Like the people, they fucking need us and we are fucking here. We are here. I'm so excited to see what you give to us today. Speaking of Bobby Flay, I also re-listened to it while I was sitting on the beach yesterday, and I was cracking up, like, looked so crazy, laughing so hard. And also, Bobby Flay was in my dream last night. Like, it was such a realistic mm. dream. It was like, I was at an event, and Bobby was there, and he was being, like, so nice. Of, of course, course he was. Like, friendly, like, best friends forever. <laughs> and I, like, had a pit because I was like, I literally was talking about you on the podcast today. The episode is called Exposing, Exposing. Bobby Flay. And then some little shit starter at the party oh, went up to oh, the both of us. always a former toaster who's going to come <laughs> and beat your ass. So Bobby and I are chilling. Some shit starter comes up and is like, Bobby did and you I, hear wait, what she... Way, Bobby and I are chilling. <laughs> Bobby and I, we were chilling so hard. Shit starter comes up, said, did you hear her podcast today? Oh. It's called Exposing Bobby Flay. And I was like... Bobby. And he was like, I did hear it. I'm like, I hope you can take a joke. Like, it's just funny. It is. And by the way, it's, and I was like, you have to admit, like your style of shows is extremely competitive. And the statistics in which you lose beating Bobby Flay and win Bobby beating Bobby Flay are just against, you know, statistics. Like they make no fucking sense. Yeah. Well, that's like your gripe. I personally haven't experienced that. Okay. Well, you should watch it and you will be shocked. I haven't. I haven't experienced corruption at Beat Bobby Fly. And the cool thing about this platform is that when you bring something up on the podcast, more often than not, you're going to get a DM with more information. Because I only know what I know. I've never been to the set of Beating Bobby Flay. I've never been on the show. I don't know much about it. I'm not a part of the production team. But I got a DM from someone. And of course, I don't know how credible this was. It literally could have been a fake, you know. You a know. fake registered nurse. <laughs> Jackie, that's literally what I was going to fucking say, but I, I didn't know. know if I could. And oh then my, I, I know. Yeah, no, sometimes it's like a real person, and sometimes it's somebody who made a fake account pretending to be a nurse, trying to expose you for being like COVID not friendly, even though you literally did nothing wrong. Like so, sometimes it's that. But those things happen. Those things they do. I know they, it sounds highly unbelievable, but it, 
It's actually, it happens more than you think. Well, she had basically <laughs> said that for beating Bobby Flay for each episode, they record both scenarios. Bobby wins <gasps> and Bobby loses. And I guess they pick and choose like in the editing process, like how often he can win and how often he can lose. Again, <gasps> I don't know if that's true. Unverified, you know, AshleyJacobsRN.com, but it's possible. Oh my God. That is so, that's a bombshell allegation. If true. <laughs> Like, that could bust this thing wide open. I know. Oh, my God. Like, it is nothing, like, sacred anymore. No, Jackie. Did like, you not the art know that? Of, the art of the crab cake. Can't there just be a better crab cake no, than the other? No, because it's all, at the end of the day, it's all about ego. Bobby's in particular. Okay, well, after my dream, I feel the need to stick up for him. Yeah, no, no, no. Also, because we were, we were chilling so hard. It did come to our attention that um, Bobby Flay's daughter is a toaster, so, Sophia, if you're hearing this, we're just fucking around and we still want to be love. we still want to be your friend and get free meals at Bobby's Grill or whatever the restaurant's called. It's all love, Sophia. It's all love. But also, um a little bit of news that came out this morning that's not enough to make it as like a major story, but I just thought we should talk about is the Real Housewives of New York season 75 trailer came out. <laughs> yes, I just watched it and it looks really good. And I know that you are so hard on the Real Housewives of New York. Like there's no harsher critic. No. And I feel like I've earned the right. Like I've literally watched from episode one, season one. I've watched all the extras, all the reunions. I literally like I'm the Real Housewives of New York historian. And to go from being like what was like Beverly Hills is perceived as like the crown jewel of the franchise. Like Real Housewives of New York was that at one point, and now it's literally the opposite. I have every right to be hard on it. Okay, and what were your thoughts on the trailer? I mean, trailers always look good. They take it's twenty two episodes into two minutes. Of course, in twenty two episodes, there's two minutes worthy of like footage that's funny. Yeah, so it looks I good. Thought, I. I thought that it looked good. Um, there were some like storylines that looked interesting, but again, it seems like they're going to start to lean on, you know, whatever happens that night with the broken glass and security and the bang on the door. And it's like heavily, like a lot of drinking content, yeah. which I, I think, I think they've maxed out on. Uh, um, but I think Ebony looks great. I think her friendship with Leah, and I really feel like from the trailer, you can even see like the two generations, like yes. this sort of, um, this, disconnect between like the older and the younger yes so I'm I'm optimistic no and like remember last season when everyone kind of took umbrage with Ramona walking into the house in Mexico and being like oh servants oh yes I was gonna that was that comes up in the trailer and I was gonna say I think you're gonna be happy yes because because Ebony is calling out yeah Ramona for calling um the people who work for her the help which is so fucking derogatory and I'm so glad like it's sometimes it takes like a fresh person who's never hung out with someone to realize how some of their behaviors are so fucked up and I love that she's gonna call her out on it and also Ramona looks like she gives us a couple really iconic moments like when she's walking up the stairs in her Audrey Hepburn like get up and she's like whatever happened to elegance like I think it's actually going to be like a good season. Um, I say that obviously I'm cautiously optimistic, but we'll see where, where it takes us. Whatever happened to elegance, the real housewives of New York premiered. No, Jackie, whatever happened to elegance. That's literally like the, the meta. No, no, no. What's the word? Like at the end of a moral, the moral of the story. That's like the moral Mm -hmm. of real housewives of New York. What started as we had a full blown countess. We had women with homes all over the country. And now it's like the saddest place on earth. Yeah. So, I'm I'm hopeful. 
Yeah. It was exciting to get that, though. Yes. You know, sometimes I feel like I get into a fatigue with Housewives. Right now, I'm not, like, crazy about any of the shows that are on currently. Like, we just came off of such a good season of Potomac, and then we had the excitement of Salt Lake City. And now we're just, like, with Atlanta and New Jersey that are always consistently fine. Um, but so I'm ready for, like, something fresh. Yeah. I don't know that I would call New York fresh. Until but... New York becomes, like, torturous. I'm ready for Beverly Hills, honestly. I'm That's what I'm ready always, for. And I'm also ready for another season of Potomac. They just literally hit it out of the park so fucking hard. I know, but without Monique... I know. I'm, I'm going to have a hard time. And if Candace is there, I'm going to have a really hard time. I do believe that she is there. Um, then I'm going to have a hard time. Oh, also Dallas is on right now, but it's so forgettable. Yeah, wow. Well, um, Dallas is on tonight, so I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and watch so that okay. we can recap tomorrow. Um, also, I just want to give a little reading update because I finished my Queen Victoria book and I know like I was saying that the percentages weren't moving. It turns out the whole back half of the book is like bibliographies and like research notes. Oh my God. The word so, bibliography literally gives me PTSD. Triggered. <laughs> Triggering. Trauma. So it actually like is a, like if you read the book, it's about the length of a 400 page book, like it said. So it was so good. And it just, it has sent me on this spray. I just started the other Boleyn girl. Did you ever see the movie? No, but like. I've heard of it. Uh, yeah, I've heard of it. I never saw the movie. I'm reading the book. I'm excited. But apparently it is historical fiction. And even though Anne Boleyn and like King Henry were real people, it's not a true story. So that's always kind of um, annoying, annoying. But I- I'm sure it's an amazing like I'm, I think it's a great story and a great book. So I think I'll enjoy my time with it. And I'm really excited about that. OK, good. I'm so happy for you. I mean, I thought I was going to read a lot this week, but, you know, sometimes you just do it and sometimes you don't. Yeah. So just take your time, you know? It's always there if you need it. Always there. Plus, I have it. I don't have any new book recommendations for you unless you want to read Queen Victoria. No, I definitely don't. But speaking of always being there when you need them, should we... Yes, let's dive right in. But before we do, I just wanted to take a moment because this morning news came out of Boulder, Colorado, that there was a mass shooting at a grocery store. And we are just, we are so upset by this news. It's so terrible. the victims and their families, and we're thinking of our Colorado toasters, Boulder toasters, and just people in general. We, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, ten people died, including a police officer, which is just so upsetting. Like I don't know. Every time one of these, and it's so sad that it feels like it, like it's there's so many of these stories. Like every I was about to say, like every time I hear one of these stories, like it happens all the time, and it doesn't. It's just it never gets less upsetting. And I'm just, it's a type of story that like really makes you so sad all day and I'm just yeah. I'm I'm really sad. Me too. But we have a job to do here and hopefully if your hearts are heavy as well we can help lighten your mood with the fast size stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. Wow. And today's episode is brought to you by The Zebra. Insurance can be complicated, and that's why The Zebra was created. When you use thezebra.com, insurance finally feels like it's in black and white. No more confusion, just honest rates from real companies. The Zebra is the nation's leading insurance comparison site for car and home insurance. They can help you save money today. It's so easy. Go to thezebra.com and answer a few questions to compare accurate insurance quotes for free. The Zebra protects your personal information and makes sure there are no hidden fees or surprises along the way. You can secure insurance from thezebra.com or over the phone from one of their licensed insurance agents. How much money can you save on car or home insurance? Visit thezebra.com slash toast. That's T-H-E-Z-E-B-R-A dot com slash toast for insurance in black and white. 
Love it. Okay, first story. Kylie Jenner is slamming a false narrative surrounding makeup artist GoFundMe. She says, I do things from the heart. This story is absurd. I was not going to talk about it, but then Kylie posted about it. I guess, like, the backlash had reached a deafening level for her. No, but, like, this is where it gets so frustrating to be, like, a pop culture fan. Like, there's so much misinformation being spewed about, and I feel like Kylie had to speak on it because what was being said before Kylie spoke on it, I saw this was her personal makeup artist who she's worked with for years and he needed $60,000. She donated five and then, and then asked her fans, and then asked to, her fans to do the rest. So when I saw that, I'm like, that's weird because Kylie's actually very philanthropic and people are always giving her shit for not doing enough. But like she donated a million dollars in PP, uh, in COVID masks and stuff like she, and she's PPP. not PPP. She's not always like the most vocal about it. And she did like, people are really hard on her cause they know that she's worth a billion dollars, but I feel like she does like a decent amount of charity, both publicly and privately. Yes, I agree. I saw this story and I mean, it's kind of annoying cause I've heard of, um, makeup by Sam and he's I've the never, makeup artist. In I don't know question him. here. Okay, I have seen him on Instagram and he works with a lot of celebrities. And But we follow Kylie and we know who does her makeup like every single time Ariel. she gets her makeup done. It's mostly Ariel, but like if it ever is another artist, she usually tags them. So like I think I knew that she had worked with Sam before, but he's not her daily makeup artist. So no, and this narrative that was going around about like her personal makeup artist, like that she doesn't pay him enough to, to be able to cover this surgery. It's just if you follow Kylie, you know that that's not true. And then so she posted, I guess, because all these people were like you you wouldn't like cover the cost you're only donating five thousand dollars so she posted to say that when she clicked on the gofundme the goal was at ten thousand they were ready had like six thousand so she donated five thousand but that's the thing about gofundme every time you reach the goal it it changes yeah right and and i think that can be really confusing like what does a surgery actually cost it costs whatever the initial goal was set at so if, if that's true, you then could when choose, she, you could choose how much you're raising. Contri- okay. If that's true, then when she contributed, it was complete. Yeah. She finished it. Like that's, that's, that's the thing. There's literally no story here. Yeah. No, there's no story here. So, and, and it's so stupid that Kylie even has to like address dumb drama like this, but it's so sad because first of all, at the end of the day, this young guy was in a car accident and needs like a very important surgery. And instead of like focusing on that, everyone's like, Kylie only did this. She did. And her explanation was perfectly fine to me. Like when I first read what was being sent around, like the type of information that was being written up in all these websites, I'm like, that just didn't add up to me. Like Kylie's really, and when we don't know a lot about Kylie because she's super private, but when you watch like Life of Kylie or the small bits that we get, we know she really takes care of the people around her. So this just made no sense to me. And it's just so stupid. This is like the type of drama. It's like if people just like did their research, we wouldn't have drama like this. And like, isn't that what journalists are supposed to do instead of like causing misunderstandings? They instead of fanning the flames. Yeah. Like it makes no sense. Yeah, well, this is what she said from her mouth. Sam isn't my makeup artist, and unfortunately, we don't have a personal relationship anymore, but I have worked with him a few years ago and think he's the sweetest. I saw my current makeup artist and friend, Ariel, post about Sam's accident and his family's GoFundMe, and I called Ariel immediately to see what happened to Sam. After learning 
more in detail about the accident and compelled me to visit his GoFundMe, which was set at 10K. They had already raised 6K, so I put in 5K to reach their original goal and thought I'd post on my stories to gain more awareness if anyone else felt compelled to share or donate. I don't know how all of this got so twisted, but his family has reached out through Ariel and are very appreciative of the, all the donations, prayers, and loves towards Sam. Yeah, like, this is a nothing burger. Um, nothing burger and with focus, whatever sauce. Yes, and let's focus on the real, you know, story here, which is Sam getting better. Yeah. Silliness, absolute silliness. Like, the people on the end, it's just like, I don't know how the Kardashians deal with it. Like, because it's, if this were anyone else, it would be like, oh my God, you know, like, Brie Larson donated $5,000. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and it's just there's this thing with the Kardashians, like they cannot do anything right. And I think that was really highlighted in the 818, you know, debacle where it was like people really came for Kendall saying like she shouldn't start a tequila company, especially naming it 818 when tequila is, um, you know, a Mexican drink and, you know, it's it's all made in Mexico. And there is a real conversation to be had there. But like, where were those conversations with Villa One by Nick Jonas or Casamigos by George Clooney? It's like the Kardashians light up inside people. Like it just, they bother people so much. Yeah, they really do. And I will say, but this feels just like on another level of petty, stupid. Yeah. Like she's trying to do a nice thing and it's literally no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. Also, um, Kris Jenner, there's a big spread on her on the cover of Wall Street Journal magazine today that I'm definitely going to go pick up and read because we live for her. And the the headline is from momager to mogul. Ooh, that's the respect I like to be see. Like I like to see being put on the Kardashian Jenner name. Yeah, no, I just can't relate to people, places, or things who have no respect for their Kardashians. Like, you just, you're missing out, and I, no, I no, just can't I relate. I can't relate to people who don't have respect. People, places, or things. Like, it's so frustrating. Um, and also, like, it's just so silly, because if you can't look at the Kardashians, like, I could literally write a whole essay, but if you can't look at the Kardashians and be wildly impressed with what they've done, whether or not it's what you would do, whether you're, you, like, if you can't look at it and be like, wow, literally this team of six women all turned themselves into like make what is it like three billionaires in the family like if you can't be impressed with that like you need to look inside because that's some misogynistic bullshit because if it was a family of men you'd be like look how great they are the Wahlberg brothers oh my god that's a really good comparison mm-hmm anyways I'm moving on from this nothing burger shall I yeah some oh, some also, exciting news oh Margot Ashray just sent me um a story. We're going to talk about David Dobrik's new vlog, right? Yes, it's a story. Will you move it up? Because Margot just sent me um, Natalie. Oh. David's assistant put something up on her story. So I believe okay. she just put it up. So let's just, let's, breaking news, breaking let's, news. Breaking okay, news. you're just going to move things. You're just going to, this is the second day in a row that the Fast Five have been compromised. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, but David Dobrik has released a second apology video saying, I've let a lot of people down. YouTube star David Dobrik has released a second apology video addressing the ongoing sexual abuse allegations against Vlog Squad member Dirty Dom and apologizing for his cowardly original response released late last week. He posted a new video um, titled March 22nd, 
2021, where he talks more in depth about um, the controversy. The video is seven minutes. It's on his main channel. And he left the comments on finally. He said, I fully believe the woman that came out against Dom and said she was sexually assaulted by him. I got consent to post the video, but even though I got consent, I should have never posted it. What I understand now is she sent that text because she felt like she had to. And that's fucked up. It was cowardly of me to say in my last video that I missed the mark about some other jokes because it's fucking gross and I'm sorry. So in this video, if you watch it, he's taking much more ownership over all of the things that have happened over the past few years and taking ownership over the fact that he hasn't addressed those things and his um, neglect of, of those things has been even more detrimental. Yeah, but what I feel like the video also, like I feel like I'm pretty well-versed in this whole drama. Um, I feel, oh, I thought you were going to say you're well-versed in apology videos and I felt like he really went out of his way for it to not be like your typical apology video. Well, the video. thing is, it's like, it can't be an apology video. He doesn't owe anyone an apology except for literally the women who were, vic- like, it's not on anyone to accept this or think it's a good video because at the end of the day, like, like we said before, like, this is a full-blown crime and it's not on anyone to judge this video. But what I was going to say is like, what I didn't know which David brought up in the video was that Dom was actually, there were allegations against him, I think in like 2017 and I don't know whatever happened with them, but David made a bunch of jokes about it in his vlogs moving forward that like, ha you know, Dom, you're going to go to jail for sexual assault, you know, like, so it was like this recurring joke because it had already happened and like, I didn't even know that part. And that's even more fucked up. And then, and then I saw the clip. So like all these pieces are starting to make sense in my head. Um, so I didn't even know that part. Yeah. And I think those are the jokes he's referring to where he previously said he missed the mark. And now he's like, they're fucking gross. Right. It's not missing the mark. The thing is, is like, I'm just like over these people, you know, I'm not yeah, in the mood to like decipher their apology, decode, like work, well, fix I yourself. Mean, I mean, I I feel the same way because I, I've never watched a vlog in my life, but like you were a really big fan no, of I the know. vlog squad. You spent a lot of time on the show, like talking about obsessed. them. So obsessed. So as a fan, like, I feel like it's also not on me to accept or reject because I don't know him before. I don't know him after. Like I, I really have. Oh, I okay. Don't, I don't. So as a fan, I, I'm sorry to this man. I don't know no, I this know. man, but as a fan, like when the person that you really look up to makes a lot of mistakes like where do you go from there the thing is is like i'm i'm fucking done with these people like a hundred percent done um and i can't stress enough like and david had actually addressed it in the video he was like you know people have been saying like cancel culture sucks man like defend yourself like this isn't cancel culture i can't stress that enough like i feel like i actually have a very high bar when it comes to quote-unquote cancel culture people you know saying the wrong things because First of all, I don't get offended by a lot. B, I actually, like, gravitate more towards that, like, offensive type of humor. And C, like, I really do believe, like, just because you said something once, like, that does not make you a bad person at all. This is not cancel culture. Like, this is literally sexual assault, trigger warning. This is rape. Like, this is such another level. And I really need people to stop saying, like, cancel culture. Because, like, this is, okay, the energy that we have for people who have tweets that were exposed that we're so mad at, like, let's have, where's that energy here? Like, this is what we should be reserving that type of energy for. Like, so for me as a fan, like, I'm just fucking done with these people. Like, I'm annoyed that I even, like, spent time on them and I will not be spending any more time on their content ever. 
Good to know. And Natalie's story, Natalie is David's assistant, who has reaped enormous benefits from being his assistant. I think we just reported she was um, in Sports Illustrated. She's not a model, but she, you know, has a huge platform. So there are a ton of people who are linked to David who I think feel compelled to speak out. And Natalie said Mm -hmm. this. In a story, which will disappear. I've spent a lot of time thinking about the recent allegations, and because of the severity, it's taken me time to process. Like many of you, I'm upset and angry and do not condone the behavior detailed in the article or any sexual misconduct slash abuse, for that matter. I want to make it clear that I acknowledge, hear, and support those who came forward, and I stand by the victims. Okay. Yeah, like, this whole thing is just so disappointing, and... Just for the record, like, I'm done. Okay. You're done. Also, he... So, in the video, he says that he's taking time away from YouTube. um, And that... And then I also said that... I saw that he's, like, stepping down from Dispo. Yeah. So, he said he's taking time away from YouTube, uh, even though he's literally been off of YouTube for a year. He hasn't posted a vlog since quarantine started. Um, So, that's first. Second of all, yeah. So... All, of course, you know, all the brands he was working with, HelloFresh, EA Sports, SeatGeek is a very famous sponsor of his. All these brands have cut ties with him. But Dispo is the app he was working on launching, which is a disposable camera app where you take a picture on a disposable camera, aka on your phone. It posts 24 hours later. It's in beta. A lot of people have, um, like even a lot of toasters, like have invitations to join. Um, it's a private thing right now and they raised 20 million dollars and the the vc that i think like raised the round i don't know how it works but that was like in charge of the round you're you're sounding right so like you're making sense yeah like the vc that was in charge of the round that led the round that's what they say nice um they said like we are stepping back like we're gonna find a way to get out of this deal like we do not want to profit and then david stepped down from his board seat of the company which, um, yeah, so I just like, wow. I like, I'm like so over these people. Yeah. Well, that's the latest. And he already regrets his first apology video, which we had said at the time was just completely insufficient. It was terrible. Um, yeah. So this video is more in line with what should have been posted first, mm-hmm. but it does seem like the whole squad needs to, um, speak up. Speak up, but all like if this is like how they were, what their videos were about, like these sort of pranks that, yeah, you know, blur the lines of sexual misconduct in, in some cases, and in other cases, it's a very clear line that they've crossed. Um, if that's like what your shtick is, like you need to rethink what you're doing completely, yeah. And so it's just really interesting because there's like so many um members of the vlog squad who, you know. David really gave them a platform and then they've really just become their own thing. Like Zane and Heath have their own podcast, which is huge. It has nothing to do with David, but they're so linked to David. Like, and they're, they're completely silent, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know cause I don't know the squad, but yeah, right. there, I'm sure there are a lot of people who, who need to. And then there's members well. like Jeff who think that they're like, so in the right and he's just being insane on Twitter he went on Trisha Paytas's podcast and he like really embarrassed himself like it's it's this type of influencer that thinks because they were so popular for so long and like they literally couldn't do anything wrong they think that they're untouchable yeah so what he's he's going around saying what well he's just trying to defend himself because in the article it states that 
him and Todd, Todd is Natalie's boyfriend, another member of the squad. Um, it states that him and Todd were the ones who bought the alcohol for the underage girls. Um, and he's just kind of like going off on not saying that that's not true, but like, how does the reporter know that? And the reporter knows that because Trisha said she was there. Trisha said it was Jeff and Todd buying alcohol and the girls, the students who spoke to the reporter from insider also said it was Jeff and Todd. So it's like, it was Jeff and Todd. Jeff and Todd. Yeah. Right. So he's just like all up in arms that like, he's being accused of buying the alcohol when there's multiple people who were there. So I don't know what his goal is. Cause he's a weird, like he's just, he's not remaining silent. He's just like trying to defend himself as best as he can. And he's making himself look so stupid. Damn. Okay. Well, we'll keep you posted on, um, any further updates. But next, I have I have some happy news, or should I say, some hoppy news. Is Bethany it the Franklin, hoppy news that's brought to you by Hani? You know what? Like I was on such a tear. Like wet, that segue was about to like break the internet. It okay. was, and then like I was just completely diverted from Jenny, my segue. These shows don't just pay for themselves. Like we have sponsors. No, I know, but like, can't you? Couldn't you have let me like have my moment of seg? But there's like a specific timing to the reads that I just I have to stick to. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, it's it's ruined now, so just go ahead. Okay, well, the hoppy ha- the happy hoppy story is brought to you by Honey. We all shop online, and we've all seen that promo code field taunt us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one that it finds to your cart. So. I've been on Honey, like, since way before they sponsored the show. The toasters turned us both onto it. It is the best. Mm-hmm. It is a free, it, there's literally no reason not to get it. It's a free browser extension. You download it, it saves to your browser, and every time you shop, they work at over 30,000 stores. Any place you shop, this little Honey little emoji, he, like, pops up, and he's like, hey, kids, you want a promo code? You want to save money? And you press apply coupons. Takes, like, four seconds scours the internet, finds the one that'll save you the most money and just applies the discount code for free. So it's literally magic. You just watch the price drop. Um, more often than not, they're able to find something. I usually can find an amazing promo code. I've saved money on makeup, clothes, tech, like any website. I'm like, Oh honey, probably doesn't work here. Boom. The little honey guy pops up and he's like, Hey Claudia, want to apply some coupons? What's good counts? (laughs) Yeah. They have found over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. So if you don't already have Honey, you are missing out on free savings. It's completely free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and by using our link, supporting our show. So that's get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash toast. Joinhoney.com slash toast is the link if you want to get Honey for free. That's joinhoney.com slash toast. Love it. Honey is everything of the sort. And if you're making investments left and right, like Honey so important. Is making you a better investor. So did you have some happy hoppy news you wanted to share? I had some happy news that could also be considered hoppy news because Bethany Frankel and Jason Hoppy have finally finalized their divorce eight years after they split. I'm telling you, Bethany's in her home right now and that song by Kanye West is playing, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Like this is literally miraculous. 
Yep, more than eight years after initially calling it quits, Bethany and Jason have at last finalized their divorce. News that comes as rumors swirl that she's engaged to her current beau, right. Paul Burnin. So there was a photo from yesterday. She's on the beach wearing a huge engagement ring. Huge. I, it literally looks like I, a gumball machine ring. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I For some reason, I just don't take that to mean that they're engaged. You no, know? I don't think that they are engaged. I feel like rich people wear expensive jewelry all the time. I don't know, but while they're on the beach. And also, is it confirmed that it's not the ring that Dennis gave her? Yes, it looks way different. Okay. Well, then maybe they are engaged now that she's divorced. I can't imagine Bethany wants to get married again. Like, I feel like she's literally traumatized. Like, of all the marriages in all the world, I think Bethany and Jason had to be, like, one of the worst. The worst, but like during and after one of the worst splits of all time. But I mean, I, I think now with all of her learnings from this divorce, maybe there's a way for her to enter into a marriage with an ironclad prenup that makes divorcing very simple. And, you know, when she met Jason, he was like a nothing nobody. Like he just was a regular guy, had a job, like he wasn't anything special. Paul, I believe, is very, very successful. So it's like they both actually probably want to go into the marriage completely protected. Um, so... It probably, it's possible. It's possible. It would probably be easier. It's possible for a plain yellow pumpkin to become a golden carriage. It's possible. Um, So I'm really happy for Bethany. Like onwards and upwards from here, I I can't even imagine how light she feels. No, how liberating this must be. He's a fucking torturer. Like, remember he was like showing up at Bryn school and like like picking her up when it like wasn't his day yeah torture chamber that's where the term came from no he's crazy and you know i had a feeling this was coming because i was on tiktok and i saw one of bethany's tiktoks and not only here's what happened that was so crazy it was her and Bryn like doing a dance Bryn's whole face which we never see Bryn's face on social and wait she tagged Bryn's account which is private but still like it was a huge step that is a huge step, but we had been seeing a little more of Bryn on social media. Yeah, but like, for me, like, this was the most exposed I've ever seen Bryn, ever. Because, remember, it was, like, her birthday. I think she turned a certain age, and, like, we could see Bryn. And oh, then is that what it was? Maybe, I think that's what happened. Because, remember, there was, like, I remember there was a weekend where we saw Bryn's face on Bethany's Instagram stories, and we're like, she just celebrated her birthday. Maybe that means that she has right. like, new rights. You know, I know that was probably Jason's doing, but I feel like, at the end of the day, that was probably best for Bryn. A hundred percent. And I actually find it really impressive that a lot of the women of New York have been able to keep their children hidden. Like Sonia Morgan's daughter, nobody knows what she looks like. There's one photo of her on the internet. Her and Sonia went to like a Hulu premiere. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. No, they do a really good job. Yeah. So super happy for Bethany. Like literally, I know she's in Miami with Paul Bunyan. So I'm really happy for them. (laughs) So like go celebrate, like live your life, live your best life. Yes. Okay, next story is some interesting. No, now it's just like kind of crazy when you think about like her relationship with Dennis, she was still married. Like there's been so much that has happened. Yeah. That's crazy. I just realized that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, So next we have some interesting former royal news. IFRN. IFRN. Harry is taking on a new job as a tech startup executive at Better Up Inc. 
The former Prince Harry has reportedly taken on a new job as an executive of a Silicon Valley startup. The recently outspoken royal confirmed to the Wall Street Journal that he will become chief impact officer of BetterUp Inc., an online coaching and mental health firm. He said, I intend to help create impact in people's lives. Proactive coaching provides endless possibilities for personal development, increased awareness, and an all-around better life. The prince has previously revealed his plans to work with mental health issues um, and is he Oprah said that a part of this company? Not that I've not that I've seen. He said he's been personally using BetterUp's app and a coach for a couple months. Oh my he god! Said I, Are we really supposed to believe that? Are you kidding me? He said I was much with the coach. <laughs> gotta go. I need to get my accent right. Yeah, take your time, brother. I was matched with the coach, who quite frankly is truly awesome and has always given me sound advice and a fresh perspective, which is so valuable. Okay, listen, I'm all for mental health. Like, I feel like those apps that make it more accessible, it's everything. I'm glad there's a new app coming. Like, that's great. More access to mental health professionals. But, like, how dumb do they think we are? Like That, that like, literally the most famous man in, in the world right now, like, the most talked mm-hmm. about is confiding online to a counselor about his mental health struggles. No, and it's, like, this is where I get frustrated with Harry. Like, seriously, like, this this story is a fucking insult to my intelligence. Yeah. Um, the CEO refused to reveal details of his employment agreement or how he was getting compensated, but the CEO said it's a meaningful and meaty role. He will be joining the company's leadership team as an officer of the corporation. He's synonymous to- with... Are they trying to say that this is a job he's doing for free? No, okay. no, I don't think so. Okay, because no, he's obviously like the, a, he owns a part of this company. You think so? Yeah. But, or is he just really, he's like a brand advocate. Both. Like, There's but no way that also, he's not doing this for money. Yeah, no, I think he's getting paid, but like, is he going into the office nine to five? No. No, that's what the article, that's it's what like, they're oh, tra- ha- that's Megan what they're is tra- going to pack Harry lunch, Harry's going to the <laughs> office, he's going to eat his tuna sandwich at his desk, and then come home at five o'clock to play with Archie and Megan. Like, how dumb do these yeah. people think we are? No. No, he's just like a face for the app, and right. he's a fichemin. He's no, a face and man. by the way, like a lot of celebrities do this where they're like the face of an app, and they own equity in the company. Like there's no way that Harry doesn't own at least like 10% of this company. And it's yeah, apps but, like this become huge, talk space, like he'll, it's a no, new, they're, it's they're a, amazing, they're amazing platforms, and I understand him being the face man of the company, but unless he's going in from nine to five every day, like them, it's they, not a job. Put, they're, yeah, they're making it seem like it's a job. Like he applied on LinkedIn and he got the job. Congratulations. Right. No. But I think he's really just a spokesperson with equity. It ain't a job. No, I mean, or maybe it is, but like, I want to, I want to see, you know, his commute and everything. Yeah. No. Will he be taking the, the subway? Um, well it's in California, but also he, they live in, um, Santa Barbara, Montecito. They do. Yeah. I don't think that's right. I think Google it is. It. Where do you, and this is in I think Silicon they live Valley, Santa Barbara. They live in Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara. I think Montecito's around those parts. No, no, huh? Montecito is Big Little Lies. They live in Santa Barbara. Oh, after moving into their new home in July 2020, Megan and Harry have given a glimpse to the stunning decor in the Santa Barbara property. Here's everything you need to know. Uh, let me click this. Are there pictures of the home? No, but they keep saying Meghan Markle and Harry's Montecito home. So is Montecito Santa Barbara? Is Montecito people who live in California? We need to Google Maps and then also see how far that is from Silicon Valley. Santa Barbara. Okay, so 
Okay, Montecito is in Santa Barbara. We're both right. Montecito is an unincorporated community and census-designated place in Santa Barbara, California. So now we want to look Montecito to Silicon Valley. That's like really far. Yeah, how how many hours in the car? Four and a half hours, 300 miles. So you think he's going to commute every day or maybe once a week? Maybe he'll get a little place up north. Well, it's actually south. Oh, no, it's north. Sorry. And <laughs> actually, Jackie, we, um, he's probably working remotely because we're living in a pandemic. So it's actually perfect for him. True. Works out. Okay. So, glad to hear it. So happy for him. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Only if it's the fifth and final story brought to you by Noom. It actually, it is. And I can't think of a better sponsor for this story. And you'll find out why soon. Okay, fabulous. Oh, wait, my thing just disappeared. Wait, no, no, sir, sir. Where'd you go? Did I delete it? Oh, God, oh, God, where did I go? Oh, I did delete it. Wow, how weird. Okay, sorry, guys. Are you thinking about getting healthy? Well, think about everything you've ever learned about getting healthy. There's a lot of contradictory information out there, and things like the old-fashioned food pyramid aren't much help. Have you ever gotten questionable food advice? I have. Have you, Jackie? Yeah, it's, it's so hard to know what's what. So here's why Noom is everything of the sort. Because with Noom, it's not about what you just ate, but it's about how you eat in general. Noom teaches you about eating, your cravings, and how to build new habits, so you can ditch your misconceptions and get smart about food and the choices you make. Noom is based in psychology, so it'll teach you how to eat so you can accomplish your personal health goals and stick with them long term. Because you don't need rules to lose weight, you need knowledge. With Noom, you pick the health goals that are right for you, and Noom will personalize a weight loss program to help your aspirations become a reality. Noom's cognitive behavioral approach means you're not just losing weight, you're building the habits you need to keep it off. Noom is super forgiving because you're human, and if you go off track today, you'll be back on track tomorrow. Everyone is busy, and Noom understands that, so they don't demand much of your time. They only ask for 10 minutes a day. Over 80% of Noomers finish the program, and over 60% have stuck with their goals for at least one year. And I feel like you've been using Noom for a really long time now. Yeah, no, I find it to be so amazing just in terms of Tracking everything I'm eating, ooh, tracking everything that I'm eating, whether it's good or bad, just knowing exactly what right. I'm having. And they have so many great specialists that can help you if you want to fine tune your goals or if you just like, even if you're not being perfect, like Noom is such a great place to be because it's, it helps you stay on track so that you can go off track. It's just about keeping track. I personally love Noom. I recommend it to so many people who want to start getting healthy and really don't know where to start. Noom is the perfect place and it's just so user-friendly. They have an amazing database and you can't go wrong with Noom. There's a science to getting healthier. It's called Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash toast. Learn how to eat again with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com slash toast, N-O-O-M dot com slash toast. Sign up today if you're ready to learn how to live healthier, N-O-O-M dot com slash toast. Okay, and that is the perfect sponsor for our fifth and final story because the numbers are in and the stay-at-home orders have been linked to serious weight gain, you guys. Americans gained weight after being told to stay out of public places during the COVID-19 pandemic, according to a small longitudinal cohort study. So approximately, on average, Americans have gained 1.5, 1.5 pounds per month of quarantine that's totaling like about 20 pounds on average for Americans. And okay. I mean, this well, makes at least me feel I'm like... I'm below average. I think I'm at like 13. 
I'm below average too, but then you have to factor in like our height. Um, oh, stop. We're above average. And because we're also below average height, like, you know how when you work out on a, on a treadmill, like if you don't input your weight, the it calories says you burn more are calories. Wrong. Right. So like, I actually think if you do the ratios of like what the, um, the stud, the sample of people in their average weight versus like our height and weight, um, we're probably right on track, which makes me feel like kind of seen and like better, but also makes me feel really sad for, um, the country at large. No, cause we already have like an obesity problem and it's definitely getting worse. But at the end of the day, like we are merely victims of circumstance. So I don't know, like, First of all, I know a lot of people struggled with worse things in the pandemic, like especially addiction. So I feel like depression. So, okay, I gained a little weight. I'll survive. Yeah. But also there's concern that now with like people continuing to work from home, that these numbers aren't going to start trending any better and that this could be an ongoing issue. So it already was like we are literally the army, the fattest country in the world. I think let me let me take Let me get back to Google. What is the fattest country in the world 2020 oh the island country of Nauru is the most obese in the world with obesity affecting 61% of the adult population but here let me go to this dot org global obesity levels I thought we were for sure number one Mm-mm. oh we're number not. 12 oh and we are oh Kuwait is uh, ahead of us but the top 10 are all small islands which I find really interesting that is really interesting. But Kuwait and then USA, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Libya. Yeah, we're one of like the first big ass countries. Literally. Oh, with, the, with percentage of population. Got it. Okay, so in America, 36% of the population is obese. Honestly, that's like not crazy. But on Nauru, the number one, 61%. Yeah, that's what, that's, that is really crazy. And it seems like the number is going up. And so... Wow, do you want to know one, the, the, the least obese, so I guess like the thinnest country? What? Guess. Like it's so random. I, I, I don't know. Okay, I'll give you a clue. Okay. I believe, don't, you know, don't quote me on this, I believe we had a war with them recently. Recently? Like in the, last, recent? in the last like 50 years. I, well, no, it's actually 2020. In the last 70 years, I think. I'm really not smart, but... What war? Vietnam? Yes. Oh, yay. 2%. That's actually crazy. Damn. And well, you know, that's it's, it's, it's also definitely regional because the second to last is Bangladesh. So very interesting. You truly learn something new about the global obesity rates every day here on The Morning Toast. You do. And, and you also learn that the national obesity rate is going up. On the one hand, like one and a half pounds per month, like doesn't sound that crazy, you know? No, but it's I just so many months. I know. I could do it in an afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one and a half, like over the course of a month, that actually is quite impressive. Yeah, that's like that's because it's an average. Yeah, so I found that to be really interesting. I feel very seen and not alone, but still like I need to I need to get back on track. And that's why Noon was the perfect sponsor. And that's what I was trying to say. Well, thank you so much for bringing that up. Thank you for bringing up the happy hoppy news, and thank you so much for you know supplying the toasters with amazing, robust global news. Yeah, no, I find sometimes like when I'm struggling for conversation, whatever situation that I'm in, and that's often for me because I'm just getting more socially awkward as I grow up. You and everyone else. COVID has set us all back. 
sometimes I'll like go and think of like random fast five stories that aren't that aren't the celeb ones that are like the random news and I'm like did you know that like Amazon is making a nest for sleeping that's going to track your breathing patterns well now that like I read so much more than I used to that's also a great conversation piece because you know a lot of people read low-key I know, no, like when I'm with my friends, we love to, like, I literally, when we start talking about reading, like, that's when I just light up, but it's hard when you're with non-readers and like you, and you used to be that person that's like, shut up. No, I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so negative. No, but once you get, once you get into it, like talking about books is, is so fabulous. Cause also like you get to know a lot about people by what their favorite book is and what they're Um, reading and enjoying. A hundred percent. Um, I believe that's all she wrote. Anything you want to add? I feel like I really gave the show my all, like the back of my knees are sweating and I feel like we did good. Yeah. Um, I'm sweating as well. Always sign of a good show. Nothing that I really want to add. Just if you're missing us and you're feeling RDH, head over to patreon.com slash the morning toast. The podcast episode that we just posted is so fucking good and funny and real and raw and authentic and honest and emotional and authentic. And honest and emotional. And you can, you know, go have that waiting for you along with 200 plus other episodes. Like if you just joined Patreon today and for like, if that's going to be you, I'm, I'm jealous of you. Me too. Like enjoy that relish in it and head over to the morning toast Patreon at patreon.com slash the morning toast. And if and you're looking for some new merch, you know, we're all still sitting around in our homes, head over to shopmorningtoast.com. Shop we have all sizes. So whether you've lost or gained weight in quarantine, doesn't matter because we got you covered. Totes. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, The Morning Toast, and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Wait, we have one programming update because tomorrow you are recording tomorrow's episode. So, um, Jax is on vacation. I wanted to give her a day off and it just so happens that Taylor Strecker had been needing to come on the show. So tomorrow, oh, I totally forgot. Thank you. Tomorrow I'm going to sit down with Taylor. She's going to host with me. Jackie's going to get a day off and I'm excited because Taylor's gotten engaged since she last has been on the show. There's been so many life updates and she's just fucking hysterical. So don't miss out on tomorrow's episode. Again, podcast only, but me and Taylor Strecker, and we will miss you, Jackie, but enjoy sleeping in, go to the beach, stay up late, have a glass of wine, live your life. I'll miss you too. Are you going to do Dear Toasters with her? I feel like she would give amazing advice. No, she actually would. She's really like a worldly, like cosmopolitan woman who has really interesting, like perceptions and like you and I feel the same about everything, but she's like, has lived a totally different life. Yeah, no, I agree. That's going to be so good. I can't wait to listen. That'll be such a treat. And I look forward to my full day off. Yes. Enjoy. Live your life, Carl. I'll see you on Thursday. And then by the time I see you next, it'll be like the weekend already. Yeah. And it's Passover. And so yes. it's just like, Manishana, it's crazy to think about. Love you guys. Have an amazing day. And we'll see you tomorrow for a hump day with Taylor. Bye. Bye.